Welcome back to Pod Hates Louisa, a podcast where I talk about whatever the hell I want. Guys, my voice sounds a little weird and husky today, but we're just gonna go with it. I had the weirdest dream, like, a couple of days ago, where... Basically, I was very aware that the world was ending because there were, like, weird flashes of light in the sky and I thought they were, like, meteors falling or something. And I was in this car with my family, but also some, like, totally random other people. And I was telling everyone about how much I loved them. And then we were also, like, drawing with crayons on this weird, like, waxy paper. And then I had another related dream about the world ending, like, a day later, where I just had suddenly gotten this overwhelming sense that, like, an atomic bomb had been set off because I felt this like shock wave. I don't know if that's how it works when an atomic bomb goes off really far away from you, but I felt this like wave like pass through my body and I just got this sense that the world was about to end. And I was looking at this deer and it suddenly grew a second head, which I know is not how radiation poisoning works. And that was definitely inspired by this TV show called The Hundred, where the Earth has been destroyed by like a nuclear apocalypse and there's radiation everywhere. But the point was that a bomb had been dropped and things were mutating like rapidly and the world was ending. I have a lot of dreams for some reason about nuclear annihilation, which is kind of a weird thing to be fixated on. I don't know. It's a damn good thing I was alive in the 80s because I think the anxiety about nuclear weapons would have killed me. Now it's kind of just like there is mutually assured destruction so no one's going to use them. But then I had this other dream where I was at a house with some of my family members by a body of water so it must have been like a lake or something and there was this path symbolized by like glowing objects like will of the wisps and I wanted to follow the path and my baby cousin was like also following it and Annabeth from Percy Jackson was also following it and I was really worried about them because Annabeth is like 12 or something and my baby cousin is a baby but they were completely fine and I kept getting chased by this dog called the hound I don't know how I knew that was its name I just knew and it just kept biting me but like really gently so I wasn't getting hurt it was just kind of putting its mouth around my arm also I was like walking around collecting food scraps and some of them were like perfectly good full unopened packages of food so I was putting them in a donation box and then this random little kid started concocting these weird like dishes with them and that's when I woke up and finally last night I had a dream that I was stabbed through the chest by this random lady like from the back like I literally got backstabbed and me and like five other people kept trying to like hold her back but she kept getting away but the escaping was like very anticlimactic like she just kept gently walking away from us she wasn't like violent besides the stabbing and all and I was miraculously fine despite the horrific wound like I didn't get any medical attention and yet in the next couple scenes of my dream I don't remember being wounded so slay I guess so then my friend and I went to an event that I thought was going to be a debate but instead it was like an orchestra rehearsal where one of the instruments was like a bagpipe made out of a dead pigeon and they had live pigeons at the front of the room that you had to kill yourself and my friend just went up and strangled one of them with zero qualms and then I woke up kind of mad at her for that but I know she would never do that in real life also in the dream there were vending machines where you could buy an entire bag of oranges so I did that 
And then I went off in a car with all my Montessori friends. Shout out Montessori friends. And we had like an independent, self-sufficient community going where we would like farm stuff. But the farm looked like a Minecraft farm. And all the little foods looked like Minecraft foods. They were like two-dimensional and stuff. Anyway, today we will be talking all about dreams. We're going to be approaching them from both a scientific perspective and a Freudian perspective. And after this episode, you should all go listen to episode 19, which is called It's Probably Penis, where I talk more about Freud and his ideas. I'm in a psych class right now at Cornell where my professor has been talking a lot about Freud and seems to think he was onto something, so maybe I judged Freud a little too harshly before and I should give him a second chance. I didn't really dig deep into the whole dream interpretation thing in my first Freud episode, so I'm excited to today. Let's get into it. So what is a dream? A dream is a wish your heart makes. Just kidding. Um, well, Freud would actually probably agree with that because Freud thought that like all of the thoughts underlying dreams were actually subconscious wishes, but we'll get into it. Wait, did Freud ghostwrite Cinderella? <laughs> anyway, dreams are basically movies that your brain plays for you while you're sleeping. They are collections of thoughts, images, emotions, and sensations, and they mostly occur during one specific stage of sleep called REM sleep, or rapid eye movement sleep. Apparently, we spend about two hours dreaming every night, which seems like a lot to me. I mean, that's like a quarter of all sleep, assuming an average of eight hours. Although, I think it's probably more like seven hours, but I couldn't really find a study on average hours of sleep for Americans that was both recent and good. I guess no one is studying that because they like have better things to do, like investigating why dreams actually happen and what their function is, because watching movies in your head is fun and cool, but things don't tend to evolve just for funsies. We know that dreams evolved a long time ago because my pets have dreams too, which is super freaking cute. Their little paws twitch like they're running after an imaginary ball. I also wonder what dreaming is like for people with aphantasia, which is the condition where you can't like picture an apple in your head, but I think my dad has aphantasia and he still has dreams, so maybe they're not any different anyway. Neuroscientists are fascinated by dreams as a subject because we still don't fully understand why or how they occur. So now let's get into how dreams look in terms of like brain activity. Apparently you can dream in any stage of sleep, but it usually happens in REM sleep, and during REM, your brain waves appear very similar to how they do when you're awake. And this part of the brain called the thalamus, which is usually responsible for relaying sensory information to the cerebral cortex, sensory signals go through your sensory organs and to the thalamus and then to areas of the cortex. So the thalamus is active during REM sleep and it sends the cortex visual and auditory information as if you were experiencing physical sensations. And the amygdala, which is heavily involved in emotional processing, also becomes more active during REM sleep, which makes sense because I feel like I always wake up from a dream with some kind of emotion, whether it's fear or anger or relief or elation. Although I shouldn't say always because sometimes my dreams aren't like emotionally charged and they're just kind of weird and confusing. During REM sleep, most of your muscles become temporarily paralyzed so you don't act out your dreams. So all of the muscles that you're able to move voluntarily are paralyzed. But things like your bladder are not paralyzed. So like you can definitely still pee the bed in your dreams. Because of this partial paralysis, REM is often called paradoxical sleep because your brain is highly active while your body is not. This is when sleep paralysis usually occurs, and it explains why people report seeing things during their sleep paralysis like an old hag or a demon sitting at the end of their bed. 
and apparently dogs can also become mostly paralyzed during REM sleep, and they can also get sleep paralysis. I wonder if dogs' sleep paralysis demons also look like dogs, just with like little devil horns or something? That would be so cute. Go listen to my last episode on Satanism and pit bulls when you get a chance. Spoiler alert, I am pro-pitbull and mostly pro-Satanism. Depends on the flavor of Satanism. Some people dream in color, and some people dream only in black and white. I wonder how colorblind people dream. It's probably just in the colors that they can see or in black and white. Most people dream in their native language, but this gets complicated for multilingual people. For example, I speak some Spanish, so people in my dreams often speak in Spanglish, but not like full-on Spanish very often, but I can completely understand them, which means that they're speaking coherent Spanglish. I don't know, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool that my brain like solidified the learning that I've done and incorporated it into my dreams. And there is this theory that dreams Dreams help cement the learning we've done throughout the day and aid in the consolidation of new memories. So you're basically like reviewing the material from your lessons in your dreams. There's also this idea that constructing a virtual reality in our head helps prepare us for real life scenarios and guide our behavior in everyday life. For example, if I hit someone during a dream and feel bad about it, that might encourage me not to hit people in the real world. It's like a moral testing ground. And according to Freud, one major function of a dream is to protect sleep and a nightmare is a dream that has failed because nightmares often interrupt your sleep. So now let's get into the psychological view of dreams. So Freudian psychologists have this idea that your subconscious constructs dreams and they reveal a great deal about unconscious influences on your thoughts and behaviors. So your unconscious thoughts and desires shape your dreams and by interpreting dreams we can determine your unconscious thoughts and desires and we can help people deal with the problems in their lives that are manifesting in their dreams. So, in Freudian dream interpretation, there are two types of content in dreams, manifest and latent. So, the manifest content is just the literal events that happen in the dream, and the latent content is what Freud calls the dream thought, which is a wish or a thought that underlies the dream. So, I've kept a dream diary in my notes app for years now, and I thought that it would be fun to share some of my most memorable dreams and my Freudian interpretations of them, just for practice. So I dug deep into the recesses of my notes app, and some of my dream notes are like entirely incoherent because they were written immediately upon awakening or very late at night, and my memory of the dream was already starting to slip away. But some of these dreams are much more fleshed out, so I selected a couple of those ones to analyze. So the first dream centers around an outbreak of cordyceps fungus. So this is a fungus that infects your brain and basically turns people into zombies, and this dream was definitely more based on The Girl with All the Gifts, which is a movie that came out a while ago. It's definitely more based on that than The Last of Us, which came out more recently, because we called the infected Hungries, not infected, and in The Girl with All the Gifts, they called them Hungries. So I think the outbreak started when I was in some version of my house back at Smith College, we have houses. It's kind of like Hogwarts. It's awesome. Fuck JK Rowling, though. We hate her. Anyway, I was in my room with some of my housemates, and some guys were trying to open the door from the outside, and two people got bit, but my friend and I survived, and we got to some kind of gymnasium enclosed in glass where the outbreak hadn't permeated to yet. So me and this other chick started, like, indiscriminately shooting people. 
but instead of like a gun or something i was shooting tears and in this video game called the binding of isaac you shoot little round droplets that are supposed to symbolize your tears and the tears were slow and they had very little dmg so i was just like blinking my eyes and sending out little droplets probably about the size of like a snowball or something and eventually we managed to sequester ourselves away from the infection in a building that i did recognize which is this large like lecture hall at smith college and two other people and i slept together with our heads on a bench and then there were all these like singing circles with one of my professors and my sister's choir teacher and my sister was also there for some reason even though it's my college anyway eventually we got more bold and ventured out onto the lawn where we were raising farm animals including baby lambs with very humanoid faces that kind of looked like cgi or they looked like you just deep faked a human's face onto a baby sheep and then some guy that we went to meet had two kids that looked like small dogs but they could talk and we gave them belly rubs which which is the cutest part of the stream by far like that's adorable i like that this guy is just calling his little sausage dogs his kids but i mean they could talk so maybe they were like human children trapped in the bodies of dogs which is actually kind of terrifying and some of the hungries could still talk and the automated grocery delivery phone call said something like we're all out of cheesecake, but our favorite dish is lethargic corpses. And I don't understand, like, the rationale behind that at all, but it was so weird. So that's all I wrote about this dream. I think this dream is about COVID and how it affected college, because my first year of college was definitely still in the COVID era. And we had to wear masks to class for the first half of the year, and people in my social circles kept getting sick and then having to quarantine. Also, the weird farming thing with the lamb-human hybrid animals is probably inspired by the movie Lamb, which the Binchtopia girls talked about, where there's a little girl with a lamb head, but I think it also represents how farm animals have more humanity than we give them credit for, and how we are all animals at the end of the day, and apocalyptic events create this us-versus-them mentality that consistently makes us forget that. And during apocalypses, people usually turn to subsistence farming and, like, living off the land, and a lot of members of my family have expressed an interest in subsistence farming, so that's probably where that came from. Okay, my second dream. So, I was going to see fireworks at a waterfall with my family family. And I had decided initially not to go, but then there were some cool people my age going, so I caught up, and everyone there was drinking kombucha and throwing ass. That's that's just what it says in my notes app. I think that means just like, yeah, basically just like shaking ass. And my uncle kept trying to get me to drink this PB&J flavored kombucha, and I really hate kombucha, but I like PB&J, so I think that's probably why he was trying to get me specifically to drink it. Anyway, I'm not sure how, but I somehow angered a coven of witches and chemists called Salt Circle. I like that it's witches and chemists. That's kind of cool. Like, it was like girl boss female chemists, basically. And I mean, if you think about it, witches were just like proto-chemists. Like, they were mixing up potions and shit. Like, that is what chemists do. Chemists are literally witches, and you can't convince me otherwise. Anyway, the main chick in this coven was out for my blood, and her side chick caught me messing around Around with a bunch of little glass vials so she tried to make some kind of deal with me where she would let me go alive if I paid for all the shit but then the lights 
went out and everyone started running and I escaped with these two random guys about my age. There were like three lepers at the dock. They kind of reminded me of like Karen the ferryman in like ancient Greek mythology and I threw a bunch of quarters at one of them even though he asked for like $300 or something and we swam away using like a rotting plank of wood that didn't even float. And for some reason I was completely naked this entire time but the dudes were in swim trunks for some reason. So we swam back and we got to a warm series of caves as we headed up the waterfall. And for some reason, I suddenly had a clean white towel to wrap around myself. When we got back to the hotel, and I don't even know why there was a hotel, because I don't think the fireworks were that far away from my house, but... Anyway, there were all these cute little kids with ice spice hair in the pool. Like, they all had, like, copper afros. It was amazing. And I felt so bad for swearing so much because apparently I'd been swearing a lot. Margot Robbie was also there, and the guys kept talking very embarrassingly loudly about how hot she was and how they all wanted to get with her. And I think this is inspired by this one SNL sketch where Margot Robbie is a hot librarian, but then she starts kind of, like, morphing into, like, a very unfortunate, like, disgusting creature. And I think this dream overall is probably about my anxiety around being sexualized or objectified. And Freud would probably like this interpretation because Freud thought literally everything was about sex. Like, we were looking at a case study in my psych class about this woman who basically had OCD. She had developed this, like, ritual that she had to do every night before going to bed, and it involved, like, turning off all the clocks in her room so that they wouldn't make any noise and wake her up. And, like, putting away all the vases so that they wouldn't tip and fall over and break and make noise. And in my mind, this is just a ritual that she has to do so that her brain can relax enough to go to sleep. But in Freud's mind, this is all about sex, apparently, because, like, I don't know, like, the pendulum of a clock symbolizes, like, a penis, and, like, the cyclical nature of clocks represents, like, a menstrual cycle, and the, like, ticking of a clock represents, like, the throbbing or pulsating of, like, blood flow to the sexual organs, and the vases represent, like, vaginas, basically, because you can, like, kind of stick your hand in there. I don't know. Anyway, Freud thought everything was about sex. Literally everything. He made everything sexual. So Freud would like this interpretation. But basically, my dream starts out with this like kind of desire to fit in. Like I wasn't going to go to the fireworks, but since there were people my age going, I felt like going. So there's this desire to fit in and participate in social events. And I think that's kind of how I felt about parties like back at college. Like I very rarely went to parties because I didn't really like see the appeal because I don't drink, and I kind of like going to bed early. <laughs> but anyway, then my dream morphs into this like classic dream, which is the naked dream, where you're deeply uncomfortable with your own nudity, but you have no way to cover up. Eventually, I did get a towel, and I think that symbolized that I'm not like ready to enter my full-on thought era yet. Like, I'm not completely comfortable with, like, nudity or sexuality yet. And I think that's, like, a very valid place to be. I think people my age feel this, like, intense pressure to, like participate in sexual activities all of the time and I think it's okay to just be a little bit more chill and just like let things happen organically instead of forcing it yeah stop sexualizing college students let us just vibe please and then the whole Margot Robbie thing is like another representation of someone being objectified and sexualized and me being absolutely mortified by that so I hope you enjoyed my little Freudian interpretations of my dreams clearly seeing fireworks at a waterfall is actually about sex anxiety and a zombie apocalypse is clearly a COVID allegory. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Louisa Miller out.